eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. No days off! No! The Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. 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 Another quarantine edition of the Off Day Podcast. Thank you to Zoom for us flying the technology for allowing us to do this. I think, honestly, the uh, sound quality is better than some of the podcasts we did during the season. Is it really? Yes, it is. Oh, I ha- I'd have to listen to know when I haven't listened. <laughs> I check. I check. It okay. is. It's good. I just hope Zoom can keep up with the demand because it seems like everybody on the planet is using Zoom for something. Yeah, I think more and more people are using it, and I'm sure, like, they're uh, – bandwidth is going to get stretched and hopefully it continues because they're doing a good service. I I would think, I mean, I know my kids do classes through zoom. We did my daughter's birthday cake, happy birthday singing through zoom. So even old ladies are using zoom for their, uh, their connections. So very easy. Even you can uh, log on. I just wait for you to send me the link and then I click on it. Uh, Getting to some Patriot stuff. You wrote a column today about, um, or not, not a column today. We we did it off by debate. Uh, should the Patriots tank in 2020? Yes. You took the side of yes. I took the side of no. Do you think, do you really believe that there's, they should tank? Uh, well, first, before we get into whether I really believe whether they should tank, I 100% believe it should be a consideration. That I, the decision, there's more layers to that. It's nuanced, as the modern douchey people like to say. Um, but if you're thinking about how best to manage the New England Patriots moving forward, not just this September or this November, but in general, and Bill always throws out there short and long-term and, you know, best interest of the football team, I think you absolutely have to consider it. If you don't, and this is where I get into, and I wrote this a couple of days ago on the web, it kind of all hinges on Jared Stidham, what they think of him. You know, if they you wrote your little thing about how he used to rank be ranked higher than I don't know all the good quarterbacks. Mark Jackson, Sam Darnold, Joe Burrow. Yep, yep. High okay. school. So he he was he was you know at that time rated really highly. If Bill believes that, if that's what he is, if he's closer to you know second to last year at Auburn than last year at Auburn or whatever, then tanking's off the table because you might have your quarterback. So 
then you don't have to consider it. But if you either A, don't know what Stidham is, or B, you know, we've already had Tom Curran throw out there that he thinks Brian Hoyer is going to be the opening day starter. If that's the case, then tanking, A, if he starts, there's a good chance you're tanking already. And B, you should be. Because if you're – I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I continue to get mixed messages. I thought Stidham was the most mature guy that's ever come in. He works harder than anybody, had the best preseason and summer of any rookie quarterback. If that's all true, then why can't he start the opener? Well, to me, yes, you're right. We saw all these stories last year about how he was better than Garoppolo during his right. rookie season and, and all that. But my thing, like, you kind of need to know what you have in Stidham. And so why not just start out, play, play to win, start the first, whatever, month of the year with Stidham. And if he sucks, then I guess just finish the season with Stidham. You realize he's not that good and you're going to get a low draft pick because you stink, right? So you kind of you killed two birds with one stone in a way. You figure out what you have in Stidham, but also move on towards the future in a better way to get a better draft pick. So I think Stidham has to be the guy regardless. Because if you well, if you start Hoyer, what's the point? What are you gaining with your knowledge of Stidham? But what about maybe some of the decisions between now and then? Like a decision to, am I extending Joe Tooney? Am I keeping him on the franchise tag? Or am I trading him? Would I consider trading you know, Julian Edelman's the sexy one, but Dante Hightower, am I extending these guys? Like how exactly am I playing my, my salary cap and my contracts? And cause I think if you're, if you were all in on the idea of tanking, then you're thinking, okay, I'm taking Joe Burrow or Justin Fields next year. And I'm probably, I mean, I mean, who did I say? Joe Burrow. Well, I wish Joe Burrow. Yeah. I would definitely tank for Joe Burrow right now. Um, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, you know, there's going to be a, a, an adjustment period for those guys too. So you're saying right. I'm three years away probably from sort of, you know, they're getting comfortable, the roster. So I think some of the decisions you would make around them would be different. So, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, but to me it all boils down to Jarrett Stidham. What do you think of Jarrett Stidham? If you think, like, they were super confident in Jimmy Garoppolo. They thought Jimmy Garoppolo was a starting NFL quarterback. If they are super confident in Jarrett Stidham being a starting, you know, as good as Garoppolo, you know what Garoppolo is right now, a top 15, a top 10, wherever you want to rank him, sure. and you, then you're not tanking. You're getting Stidham experience, and you're making moves around him, and you're building a team, and, you know, you're starting over. You're retooling or however people rebooting. So, right now, as it stands, whatever, April 1st, can the Patriots, are they a playoff team? I don't think so. Although we should mention they did add a seventh playoff spot, so that helps them. Um, so, yeah, what is it? Seven out of 16 teams. So you have to be slightly better than average yep. to make the playoffs. Um, Which I think I they are. They, like, just they have – You say it like that, it seems more attainable. Because they have the – it's not like they have nobody. They have McCory. They have Gilmore. They have Edelman. They have Tooney. They have Hightower. They have guys. Like, that you could hey, – can I, can I ask you the same question I asked you, like, two weeks ago? Yep. You just listed all those guys. Of those guys, who do you feel very good saying will have a better 2020 than he had a better night than he did in 2019? But they don't need to have a better year to make the playoffs. Uh, they were – yeah, they do. How? Uh, I'm sorry. Isn't there a quarterback position taking a major step back? Sure. But Didn't like, they lose two of their best defensive players? 
Yeah, but what what it's only like they just made the playoffs last year. You know the schedule was crap last year and it's really good this year, right? I, I think I've heard that a couple places. They're yeah. not gonna have shitty teams fall on their faces to go eight and zero. Right, but they could still make the playoffs if they're eight. But they're not as good and the challenge is greater. But I still think what they have what they have right now, they can go eight and eight. Yeah, I'm not sold. I mean, to me that's the upside is that type of thing, and then you find out whether that's enough to make the playoffs. But right. I, I mean, we just talked about it. If, you know, Tom Curran tells us all the time, and he's as tied in as anyone, and if he thinks that Brian Hoyer is going to start the year, Brian Hoyer blows. Well, Brian uh, Hoyer can beat up on fifth-string guys in a first preseason game. He does not have an NFL arm. He throws too many interceptions. He's a journeyman backup at best. If Brian Hoyer starts week one, what's the plan? Tanking, maybe? <laughs> I, I literally don't know what, what it is. Like, are you – because it seemed like Karin's theory was protect Stidham, was not throw him out in the fire because he's not ready, not throw him out week one with not a lot of off season. go with the guy that you know is going to be okay. So that seems to me like they're not tanking. So Brian Hoyer's the sacrificial lamb essentially? essentially? I, I guess. I, I don't really understand what any reason – any rationale there is to start Brian Hoyer week one. I don't really either. And unless, unless they think, like Curran said, that he could throw for 350 yards and he pointed to his preseason game last year in week one when he lit it up. Like, do they see that? I don't know. That's- Let me just ask you a question. In a week one preseason game, shouldn't like a 12-year veteran beat up on uh, fourth-string car wash guys? I sh- sure should, yep. I mean, what the hell do we take from that? I, I don't know. I, you shouldn't take much at all. That's moronicism. Yes. I like to say. Um, so, but the, the bigger question is, I would definitely consider tanking. I'm sorry. I think you're going to end up as a middling football team. Well, fine tank. Like, like, what, what's ta- like what, what is Bill, what are the Patriots doing to tank? I'm tearing it down to build it up. So you're trading Joe Tooney. I would definitely Tooney. trade Joe Tooney. Yep. I would definitely consider trading Dante Hightower. Yep. I'm not extending Dante Hightower so I can have an old linebacker. You're trading Julian Edelman, probably? I would consider it. I'm not going to give him away because I don't want to be an embarrassment either. Right. I don't want to throw Stidham out there to the but, wolves. So if you let's if you do trade these guys, then aren't you saying you're, like like you said before, three, four years away? Yeah, you're a couple years away. But so you're why, – Why can't you do what I say, sort of play this year out, contend for the you know final playoff spot, then see what you have, use your money next offseason – to spend on the positions of need, and then you're kind of right back into the playoff mix, being one of the better teams in the AFC. Not if I don't have a quarterback, I'm not. But you could spend that money on a quarterback. Who? Look at the guys that are going to be free agents next year. You could Deshaun Watson. Like the throw Deshaun out. Watson's not going to be a free agent at all, in my opinion. I, I don't see how and, – and the way to get him, I've even seen people say, oh, I'll give up four first-round picks to get him. I wouldn't do that. No. And he's not going to be available. Well, how is he going to be available? Who are the other like? Isn't Dak could be a free agent? I have no interest in Dak. Why not? Because I think he stinks. He's a middling quarterback. I'll be but, a middling. If I'm looking to win, I'm not looking to be an average team for a long period of time and lose on Wild Card Weekend each of the next ten okay. years in a row. I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. So, you 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 are a full believer that like Trevor Lawrence or uh, Justin Fields could change the franchise. Um, like no. I think you're, you're better off with a Dak Prescott. Oh, I don't. No. Do like, I have Gronk and Randy Moss around him? Cause then yes, I'm fine. 
No, but- Dak Prescott is one of the great frauds of our generation. Before Amari Cooper arrived, people were trying to run him out of the National Football League that he wasn't one of the top 32 passers. If he has a great offensive line, a great running game, and great receivers, he's okay. He's not even great. Usually when you get those things, if I give great things to Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, they put together historic seasons. You give great to Dak Prescott, and he's a middling quarterback. You don't give him great, and he blows. That's what Dak Prescott is. There's going to be – I'm looking at the other – so other free agents to be – Jacoby Brissett, Mitchell Trubisky, Andy Dalton. Patrick I'll Mahomes stop you when you get to a good quarterback. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay. So, so if you want to be mediocre for a decade, that's fine. I'd rather get a franchise quarterback and try to be great. Swing for the fences. Now that's – this is all assuming – You know what Ricky Bobby says? Second place is first loser. This is all assuming that Stidham falls on his face basically, right? Uh, not necessarily. No, they might even evaluate Stidham as being Jacoby Brissett or whatever, a middling quarterback. Like, could he win some games? Sure. Well, Am also, I ever going to win? Is, what is what was the quote where Bill said he could win with the fifteenth best quarterback in the NFL? Oh, Bill didn't say that. A staffer claimed that Bill said that. Okay, you don't believe I don't that's know true. Believe it or not. You don't, but you don't believe it's true. Like, you think that uh, the, you think Bill needs a top whatever ten quarterback. Bill may think he can do that. Yeah, I I think you kind of need a top quarterback to win. I mean, the evidence says, like, you'll get all the Super Bowl guys the last 10 years. Most of them had a good quarterback, top five quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Bill can think whatever he wants, but you're right. The reality of the National Football League is if you have a quarterback, you make the playoffs every year, you contend for Super Bowls, and you can win the Super Bowl. If you don't, so, it's a long shot. So the Patriots right now have less than a million dollars in cap space. I think, like, 800000 Yep, they couldn't buy a house. They can't even sign all their draft picks. Nope. What 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 are they going to do between now and May? And, well, what, I mean, what, and what does that say to our previous question of, you know, what what they do now, what does that say that their season is going to be? I don't know if they'll all be direct answers, but I mean the the Joe Tooney thing I would hope would come to a head. I would hope he'll either be traded. Well, it doesn't have to be. I mean, he can play out on 14.7 well, million. Dollars. Well, they could also extend him. No, no, but that's coming to a head. Either giving him a new contract or trading him is coming yeah. to a head. I, they can't, I can't see them going into the year with them making this franchise tag number. I would hope not because it would be absolutely just jackass. A waste throwing away money, yes. You can't bring Tom Brady back, but you're going to pay a guard $15 million on a franchise tag? Like, right. Talk about mixed messages and bad looks, and I don't even know what all those things are. And Joe what, would you do with, what would you do with Tooney? I would trade him as fast as I could. But then you're not getting sort of what you – like, for what? Like a second-round pick? Is that too much? I would take a second-round pick in a heartbeat. That's what I mean. I don't think a team's going to give up a two. They shouldn't. Right. they so got to pay him a boatload of money. So you're, you're going to trade Joe Tooney for a middle-round pick, third or fourth rounder? Yeah. Probably multiple picks. Because Bill will want to make it look like it's more than he would have gotten in a um, compensatory. Uh, right. So it could be like a three and a five, or it could be a two, or it could be – it'll be something that is either definitively or could be seen as more than what he would have gotten. You don't buy into the fact that they could extend him and sort of beef up the offensive line and sort of go that route or have a, have a solid offensive line with a young quarterback? Sure. I think it's another way to suck and be middling. I don't, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't see their offensive line as 
close to being dominant. I know there's been some of the touchdown twins and Paul Perlow's pals out there writing how they could have a top five offensive line in the NFL and all these things. I guess maybe that's a possibility. I don't see it. I have a lot of questions about right tackle at this point as Marcus Cannon gets uh, a little bit older. He's Center- that you, you could cut, save money there. Yeah, but you still got to replace him. I mean, Not could juiced. Okay. I've never Marcus seen him play. I have no idea whether those guys can play. We talked about that on the other podcast, though, that those guys are a little bit of a, a wild card here. Froholt and Kajust, if they can play, they give you depth, they give you upside, they give they're, you whatever. Now they're they're cheap money. They're oh, obviously cheap money. And then I don't know what I whether I how I feel without Dante Scarnecchia coaching them up, so to speak. Um, we'll see where that goes in that direction. And then the quarterback also is part of it. Like you could count on Brady, okay, to get rid of the ball quickly or make the right decisions. Or, well, you might not be able to count on that anymore. And so a little bit of a misstep by the offensive line could be magnified in conjunction with the quarterback. So that's also why I don't really buy the idea, oh, they're suddenly going to become this great running team. Oh, we'll start Brian Hoyer and run the ball and play defense. Well, the defense isn't as good as it was a year ago. It won't be nearly as good as it was a year ago when they start playing good teams. And the running game stunk a year ago. Sony Michelle is not a workhorse, is not a maximizer that gets more than is blocked for him. So I still have a lot of questions about the offensive line. I mean, maybe all these – pom-pom waving guys will be right and this offensive line is really good I think it has questions and even the Andrews thing I don't assume Andrews will be back and great I mean yeah he that's spoke, a medical thing. he spoke to 24-7 sports in Georgia kind of detailed last summer and then at the end said that he's looking for I'm ready to get back there so basically indicating that he's sort of trending in the right direction to play next year but like you said yeah. you really don't know anything until he goes through a training camp Right. That's a, and medication. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Oh, you're right. He, he could be on all the kinds of medications. He's not the same player that he was. Yeah. I, I don't, uh, I have concerns about that. I also, I know everybody's ready to anoint uh, Isaiah Wynn now that he's healthy is going to be like a pro bowl left tackle. Okay. We'll see. I don't, we'll see where that goes. I'm just, I'm, I'm not sold on like a year ago, for example, when you looked at the secondary, you said that's going to be, the best part of the defense, that's something you can build on and around. And it was. It yep. was the best part of the defense. I don't feel that way about the offensive line. And I that's don't feel I feel like, about anything on offense. No, but that's how I feel like some people are painting the line. Like you could build around it and run the ball and protect a young quarter. Yeah, maybe. And what if they fall on their face and suck again? Right. Because, I mean, even, even if you do bring back Joe Tooney, he didn't have the great – Shaq Mason didn't have a great year last year. Joe Tooney wasn't sort of the – he was good, but he wasn't like a dominant guy that you saw in the past. David Andrews, big question mark. And then, like you said, Wynn and Cannon are all question marks too. So the upside is there, but it's not like a guaranteed thing to happen. And all I heard last year was the offensive line was why Brady wasn't as good. Well, and the, the flip side to that is too, there's no Dante Cernicki this year to say, oh, we have Skarnecki to coach from. Correct. Correct. So, so I think there's a lot of questions there. Uh, defensively, there are some guys that you could make some decisions on. Stefan Gilmore, potentially ex- extending him. Would you do that? Um, yeah, I would extend. I mean, I would extend him. I wouldn't want to go too far. I've told you this. I have this like little theory that there's not too many corners in the NFL that stay elite for an extended period of time. Right. Um, but I do think he works hard. I do. My con- one concern is he's definitely a man corner. It's not like you can play a lot of zone oh, with him. No, they tried great. that. So I would, 
but I would be hesitant to kick the can down the road too far. And yep. I, I'd be I'd be careful there, depending on how the rest of the, the plan comes together. And you also have, I mean, I know the NFL said this week that they're going to have their season, their schedule. The schedule is going to be out early May, and they're going to play full games, full stadiums. Maybe. And what if you don't? You know, there were some theories that they were going to backload the schedule. I think Peter King posed the yep. idea. All the division games would be backloaded in case the season started late. So if you had a, a truncated season, season, you know, you'd still get all your division games in or whatever. But, like, that starts to affect, I assume, salary caps. You know, so a year from now, if the revenues are down X percent, well, then the right. cap is down. Instead of going from 200 to 210 or 220, now all of a sudden does it regress and does it go back to 170? And how does and that play? You're having $100 million in cat's face next offseason, you're going to have down to 75 Right. Uh, so I just, I mean, there's some unknowns right now outside the world of football, certainly, um, that could compound the unknowns within the Patriots' decisions. They have a lot of decisions. The reality, I, that, we've said this a million times, but now you're back. You had Tom Brady, you had a franchise quarterback, a Hall of Famer, the greatest of all time. It gave you the leeway to make decisions, to screw things up, to miss on things, to, you know, might be a bad trade here, a bad draft pick. Now you have to hit on all those. They have to work as like a, a in conjunction, a symbiotic conjunction um, type thing, chain of events. Whereas if you screw up one of the chain of events, it can derail the whole thing. Hightower, or would you, it seems like you don't want to extend him. I do not want to extend him. I would either trade him or I guess play it out. Um, or would the, you ask, he's probably not taking a salary cut. Probably not, but I thought yeah, they he tried to do that last year and he said no. Yeah, well, I, I'm always willing to walk away, so. But the thing with him is – If like, they can uh, walk away from Tom Brady, I'm pretty sure they could walk away from Dante Hightower. But you already lost Van Noy and Collins and Roberts, so you kind of need some stability in that linebacker's room, correct? Not if I'm tanking. <laughs> I guess. I guess. But, like, you're going to have to have some guys to lead. Like, they do have Slater and McCordy. I feel like you need to have a couple guys around just to sort of keep things moving. Um, John Simon seems like a nice enough fellow. <laughs> he doesn't seem like a big leader, if you ask me. Well, who's he leading? When's the last time you heard him speak? Not often. Okay, Jawan Bentley, he can lead. We all thought that. What What is he? Um, he is going to have to play this year, would be my guess. Uh, it's, he's going to have to start in the middle, yes. Uh, probably, and I'm looking forward to it. I thought that was one of the great disappointments of last year. I thought he was going to have a nice Third year. Yep. Now, it didn't affect him because they had the depth and Collins and everything. But um, So a year three jump for Juwan Bentley, I'll be calling for. I think that they're hoping for it. I mean, he showed signs during his rookie season, so he got hurt. So and You know the best, best way to uh, push him toward that or to show faith in him? Give him the green dot. Cut Hightower. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Right? Yeah. Here you go, kid. It's all yours. That'd be more faith than they've shown Stidham. With Stidham, they brought in Hoyer, and now we're saying, oh, Hoyer might start. Just cut high tower, play Bentley. Um, another thing we came up today, the some executives anonymously spoke to Mike Sando of The Athletic, and they basically said that it's grim in New England, but then also said don't bet against them come the season. So yes. it's sort of, again, no one really wants to commit to the Patriots failing. But also, people have no problem, you know, saying it's going to be, you know, a tough year, a grim, this and that. But no one wants to go as far as saying that they're not going to win the AFC East. 
Yeah, I've noticed that there are some clear sort of opinions out there in that in the NFL, people pussyfoot through it, whether it's media or team, you know, like they kind of their eyes tell them the Patriots may be in a down spin, but they won't say it because, you know, Bill Belichick in 20 years, blah, blah, blah. That's reporters. That's other teams, even anonymously. Imagine that you're anonymous and you can't even give a full opinion. You kind of that's pretty bad. It is pretty bad. But then I noticed outside of football and sort of the fandom and on Twitter, it's very polarized. Everybody's very definitive. Either in Bill, we trust this team doesn't lose. They won't lose. Or we suck again. The sky is falling. They're toast. They might as well tank is, you know, I've had people sarcastically say, is it called tanking? If you don't do it intentionally, like if you just suck, some people think they're just going to suck and it's got nothing to do with tanking that they're not good. So I find it weird that inside the NFL, there's this hesitancy, whereas outside of it with fans, it's very distinct and dramatic. Either you are all in that Bill knows what he's doing and Bill's always right and Bill will get the job done or Brady's gone and the team's going to suck. But I tend to lean towards the executives who would say, yeah, it looks like they're looking. Although Vegas, even Vegas, uh, was it bet online? Yep. Had the Patriots as still the favorite in the AFC East. Like it's close, very close, but yes. I don't care. It shouldn't be. They shouldn't right. be the favorite. Yeah, I mean they they, they lost the quarterback. They lost Tom Brady, and the Bills have basically the same team with Stephon Diggs, and they finished what a game behind them last year in the division. Played two close games that came down in the end. Correct. So, so like the Bills should be the favorite in the East. That's not being disrespectful to the Patriots. It's being no. realistic to the roster. The one thing I think could play out this year with like the tanking and who's better. Can Bill do this? Is Patriots fans going back and forth between the Patriots and Tampa. Like I could see where they're going to sort of follow the bandwagon. Like they're going to start with the Patriots, but if they start out one and four, they're going to say, Oh, I'm going on to Tom Brady. And then if the bucks, you know, lose two straight and the Patriots win, they're going to go back to that. So I just, I just don't want to have the Jerry Thorns and the Fitzy of the the world sort of, you know, playing that over the course of of the year. Like you got to pick to one and stick to it. Like that's, you can't, you can't bounce back and forth. Yeah. I said that to our friend Mutt, the other night that I do think a lot early on there will be people going in with like what they think their rooting interest is whether nope I'm a Brady guy now I'm going with Brady or I'm staying with the Patriots and then it will vary based on the production on the field and even to some degree like we were talking about you know I there will be times I would guess that both the Patriots and the Bucks will be on one o'clock Sunday there'll be one o'clock games now the Bucks probably have a better chance at more marquee games but there probably will still be some one o'clock. Now you have to choose. Like, what are you watching? You know, what is on the big screen? Do you have one on your laptop or something? And who, do you, does that switch week to week? Does it change based on the game? You know, oh, Brady looks like he's having fun. He's throwing for a lot of yards. I'm putting Brady on, whatever. Um, but I do think you're right. Like some Patriots fans might say, yep, I'm with Bill. And then they're one and three. And all of a sudden they find themselves rooting for Tom and watching Tom because Tom's two and two or three and one. And he looks right. like he's on his way. Because I think a lot of people in general are front runners, bandwagon jumpers. and No question. In this case, you do have an allegiance to both places, a legitimate one. Like you rooted for Brady for 20 years. You rooted for the Patriots because they're your team. So then whichever team looks like you can hook on to them going further, being better, I think there will be a lot of people doing that. And I think I just don't want that to happen because that would get really – you know, just annoying from my perspective. Like you got to pick one. You can't, you can't, you can't make yourself look good no matter what happens. Who are you rooting for? Bill. Patriots. 
You? I don't know. Because I... I'm, yeah, I'm kind of rooting for Bill because I think while he may be an a-hole at times, he's been really consistent. He's, he's sort of all the way through. Right. And Tom, I think, changed a lot. I think he's a little fraudulent, a little diva quarterback now. Although I can be 100% honest, I'm a fraud. And if Brady has like 10 touchdowns in the first two or three games and is rolling with Mike Evans and they're having, I'll be rooting for him to go throw for well, 55. Here's the other thing, like, is Tom Brady fun to play to watch play quarterback? Um, like he's not Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes that like you have to watch. Like no, but being good is fun. Yeah, but like, like you didn't tell me oh seven wasn't fun. No, that, of course. But like my thing is like the last you know five years. Would you rather watch Tom Brady play a game or Aaron Rodgers? Um, Rodgers has had some up and downs. He annoys me too. Patrick, if you had said Patrick Mahomes, I'd say Patrick sure, Mahomes. Sure, Patrick Mahomes. Or, you know, even last year, a different way, Lamar, Lamar Jackson, yeah. just John Watson. Right. They can all be like, but they can also, you have to look at it. You're looking at it from afar as not a, like a, a passionate live and die fan. Right. I think a lot of passionate live and die fans watch those guys, especially Deshaun Watson, especially Aaron Rodgers, and get frustrated at times with some of the things they do. Deshaun Watson, how many times have you seen him like, holding the ball out to the side and like right. leaning and on it and then yeah, like yeah. scrambling. And so I think, yeah, they're more exciting. They're more electric, but you get frustrated. And sometimes the boring way is the Brady way, I guess the pocket, but sometimes the precision. And when he puts together a drive and goes six for six on 78 yards, yeah, just, yeah. like that's fun. That's exciting. And I, I think, if that starts to happen in Tampa early in the year, you'll see even more people convert to the Brady side of things. And I'll be honest, I could be one of them. Uh, a random aside, how do you think the Boston media will cover Brady? Like, do you think the Globe is going to send down whoever it may be to cover Tampa, like at least like the start of the year training camp? Yeah, I think they'll cover him with kid gloves as they always had. He won't like, get the, like they'll have somebody in Tampa Bay. Probably. Okay. Now, I don't know if it's somebody that's here or if they hire a stringer or a young kid right. or something. But, yeah. But I also think he will get kid gloves coverage like he always has. Yep. Like, I don't think – do you think people are even going to – like, we've sort of noticed it on our own website. Like, the interest in Brady has kind of dipped a little bit since that initial wave when he first announced he was leaving and then signed with Tampa. Well, you think about it, I mean – it's been nonstop Brady for January, February, March, three plus three months. Like that's a long time for us to, I mean, we do it with like real news stories. You know, yeah. you look at, remember when the Australian fires were the big thing right. and then like, it just, we lose interest. We move on to the next thing. And I will say the coronavirus is a little different, but right. even that, I think some people have grown weary of like, yeah, I know. More people are sick. More people are dying. I have to stay home. It's like, until you have something dramatic to tell me, I'm not interested anymore. Well, even with our stories, like you post that Marcus Smart has coronavirus. And some people I think are like, yeah, like everybody's going to get it at some point. Like it's bound right. to happen. So right, yes, there is some of that. So I think there is just, that's the way we are as human beings. And we lose interest and we move on and we want the next thing or the next notable thing. And that's just the way we are. So the draft is going to happen April 23rd to 25th. It's going to be done remotely. Uh, prospects have already gotten reached out. Instead of going to a place, they'll get like a 
video conference or whatever set up in their houses to sort of Zoom. have that feel of being involved in the whole process. But uh, they're only allowed to have 10 people with them and they have to be six feet apart. Correct. Which uh, I don't really understand that because that's not how it works right now. Like, um, I, I'm not six feet apart from my wife and my son correct. and my daughter. Every it's like, immediate family can sort of do whatever they want as long as in their house. Yeah. Right. Um, but Adam Schefter sort of went on, I think it was on sports center with Van Pelt last night and sort of ripped the NFL for going through with it, sort of bad optics with everything else going on in the world. You disagreed with free agency happening. Do you disagree with the draft happening? It also creates no. a, a disadvantage for some teams that can't meet with guys. So teams wanted to get pushed back. No, it should not be pushed back in any form. Nope. I actually think it would hurt teams in the long run if it gets pushed back. I think you should want to draft your players, get them their digital playbooks, get Zoom conference calls with your coaches with them, and start the process because there are not going to be OTAs. There's not going to be summer football. You'll be lucky, lucky and hopeful if you get training camp to start in late July and early August. You don't want them starting like from scratch then. You want players drafted and as prepared mentally as they possibly can be through their playbooks and, like I said, virtual teaching sessions or whatever so that when you actually get them physically on a field, they're ready to go. And I just don't understand the argument against it. My argument against free agency was you were going to be asking people to travel, take visits. You were create. You were also going to be potentially trumpeting massive contracts, which I don't know if you know. I don't know if you noticed. Nobody really trumpeted a lot of contracts. Like, no, there was not a lot of money. No. And some of it was there wasn't a lot of real massive deals. But I also think there was an effort by everybody involved, teams, agents. Let's keep the, the money and the, 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 that stuff on the down low. Let's kind of squash that. We don't need to be bragging to people that are waiting for their $1,200 stimulus check that we got millions. Um, but this, no one has to go anywhere. No one has right. to do anything. Make your picks on a computer just like fantasy football players do every August and September. You right. have all your information. I'm sorry if you didn't get one more workout. Now, I do think, I've said this to you before, the small school guys could get screwed because they don't have a chance to really, you know, get on somebody's radar. Yeah, yeah. And some of the injuries, you know, like you don't get a medical recheck. But even in this day and age, I bet you some of that's going to get done somehow through. Well, there's already been things that teams can meet, can uh, have physicals with guys in their area. So guys in the South can, can do that. Like, so that would put the Patriots at a disadvantage, but like it's. But why? Because I have an idea, NFL. If a team does a physical with somebody, they should have to share the information with all 31 other teams. I would agree with that, too. Right? My only thing, too, is. And and my biggest thing for Schefter is shut the hell up. You do TV for a living. You're you're on TV talking football. If you think, because he said there's going to be like chaos in the streets or something or whatever the phrase he then stop doing your job. I don't want ESPN on the air because there's too much real stuff going on. You should not be talking, Adam Schefter, because you're a football information guy. Go away until sports come back. Until then, we should just focus on death and casualties and suffering. We don't want to do that. People want entertainment. Every other business in America is making do with the current situation and having things done remotely. So why doesn't that transfer over to the NFL? They're, they're making do with what they have. They're not, you know, having people gather in big places. Like the Saints just said they're going to have their war room at some brewery. Like the owner owns a brewery, and they're going to all spread out in there. So teams right. are making do of what they can. And, you know, these are the times. And 
each other company in America is doing what they can to get through and, and stay functional. So why can't the NFL do that? They're doing it safely. So what's the issue? Yeah, I thought Schefter came off as just a high on his horse jackass. I don't know whether he's pandering or whether he's got a group of his contacts, six or eight GMs, that say, listen, you owe me a favor. We need to get a lot of pressure on the league to delay this. I don't want to do this. I'm not prepared. Something. There's something that smells like absolute fish there. Well, and the owners, the the league guys can't speak out negatively because Goodell said that they were going to get fined or whatever. So you're right. They're probably pushing it off on Schefter for Schefter speaking on their behalf. Because he's coming off as a douche. And I don't know whether it's just his personal feelings are douchey or he's being pressured to come off that way by the GM's. You know, they quid pro quo. Listen, I've given you signings for 10 straight years. I need you to get this draft move. Do it. Act however you need to act to get it moved. But I just hated it. And I couldn't I couldn't disagree more. Joe Burrow can say, you know, I want to thank my mom, my dad, Coach Orgeron, everybody. And this is the greatest day of my life over FaceTime, just like he could on a stage. And I'm sure he wants to get going. You think Joe Burrow would want to be drafted on, say, July 30th? show up to the Bengals on August 1st. You don't think that'll stunt his growth? Oh, and be like, you're, oh, by the way, you're going to start in two months. Right. I think he'd much rather get his playbook, I don't know, April 24th, start learning, and give himself a better chance to succeed. It's not ideal because it's never going to be ideal, but make it, as, uh, make it as close to you know normal as you can or give them every opportunity to have success. Otherwise, you're going to have a wasted class of rookies. Then uh, lastly, you uh, threw out this theory. What happens if there's no NFL season? Well, that wasn't really really my theory. That was Kirk Herbstreet saying he'd be shocked if there was NFL football and college football this year. Right, not theory, but your your thought on what would happen because of Herbstreet's theory. I don't think you can give the Bengals the number one pick two years in a row, can you? No. Is that fair? What would you do? Coin flip? Lottery? But it's almost... Like I, I don't. What, what what would what could they do? I my my. If you made me look at it, I would come up with a way to do like three lotteries or something. Like I see like you're saying, yeah, one like to the, ten, right. eleven to twenty, twenty-one to thirty-two, right? And I think that might be semi-fair. I mean, none of it's going to be perfect. No. I don't think you can give the Bengals the number one pick two years in a row. Because then you're um, giving the, the Chiefs the last pick two years in a row, and that doesn't do that many good either. Right. But even more, but my, like the Bengals would then likely trade the number one pick because they took their quarterback in Joe Burrow. So right. they don't want Trevor. Now they may get multiple first round picks out of it. So by one first round pick, they end up with four or something. Like, right. like, I don't. Whereas maybe if you do a lottery and then they end up with like the eighth pick and somebody that's, you know, seventh this year gets the first net it maybe a little more then and, it also, and, yeah it also impacts things though with like free agency would guys be free agents would that be pushed back a year well that would have to be negotiated like mlb did yeah that that would be between the players and the owners and the cba and all that they would certainly be you know that negotiation and i also wanted to emphasize i get a lot of people saying well there, there wouldn't be a draft jackass because there'd be no college football either those guys are available. The, yep. the rules are three years removed from your high school draft class, right. I mean, your high school graduation. So, and, don't, and people were telling me, oh, why would those guys want to come out? They're going to want to go back and get that extra. No, they want the money. Are you kidding me? 
Are you absolutely kidding me? You think Trevor Lawrence is going to go back for another year and not get an NFL contract as the number one pick? Right. No, exactly. What are you talking about, you Not even Trevor Lawrence. Just any any college player that knows they're capable of playing the NFL. Why would they ever do that? They're the risk injury. The risk they're not getting paid. Like it's. And then another guy told me, "Oh, I I wouldn't even want to draft those kids after they sat out a year. I'm going to pay them." Yeah, they're the greatest athletes in the country. Like, what are you talking about? It would benefit you because it's one less year of college football, basically. Right now, I do think if there were a draft next year with no college football season, it would be so heavy on like SEC talent. Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, like the real prime marquee programs because you'd have to go with talent overall. And those, those are the guys, guys that have already been scouted and proven and whatever. Yes. Right. So I think that would really – but I don't know what the league would do. And my guess is we're not going to – my hope – let me say my hope. I don't know my guess anymore. Well, I was going to ask you, what, what's your – like to me, I think there is going to be a 16-game NFL season. I don't want to limit myself to 16 games. I think there will be football this year um, for both NFL and college. Cause you look at it. What was the number that um, NCAA had to cut the, their distribution of funds to colleges by like a hundred million dollars or something. Yeah. Like something like the programs need the money. Right. So if they can find a way to have, an eight game college season and then a play like they're going to do it. They're going to do it. If it at all possible. Now I know there's a lot of medical theories out there. You know, one of which is there's going to be like, we're almost going to have to have rotating um, quarantines or stay at homes. We'll all go back for a little bit. Oh, then it's starting to rise up again. We got to shut it down. Then there's the theory that there could be a second wave in the fall. I mean, there's a lot of different issues out there, but I also like, I keep saying this, this feels like this has been happening forever right now, but it hasn't. It's been like a couple weeks. Like right. think of how dramatically life changed in just a couple weeks. Well, I'm being somewhat of an optimist, optimist, which is very difficult for me. It's not part of my nature. Like that's months and months away. So it could change for the positive quickly at some point too. too. So I just, to me, that's so far away. It really is hard for me to fathom that, Okay, maybe not in August. Maybe the colleges and pros aren't ready in August. Are you going to tell me they can't play a 10-game season that starts in October or like something? Even all the the projections have things, even the far far off ones, the high end, have things coming back to normal by July at at the latest. And as a country, there's a, you know, I know this has been a big debate because of Trump and, you know, economy versus health and, lives versus well you know uh, financial welfare but at some point even if the worst case scenario they had those numbers yesterday where 100 to 200,000 people could die okay let's say that happens people are still going to want to get back to life and have entertainment and more importantly money jobs like yep. think of the trickle down effect from the leagues to the advertisers to the stadiums to the like there's a lot of people that tie their financial future into football into sports and even if those people lost a family member, let's say, okay, that sucks, but that's done. And now I got to figure out a way to, to pay right. the rent. Right. My other so, thing is, with, with this whole thing is it's going to have to be accepted. Like just say that they go through the season and, you know, let's just say an offensive lineman from the university of Delaware gets COVID-19. They can't shut down the entire college football because of that. Well, and like, I would also, happen. at that point, they're going to have a better understanding of dealing with it. Uh, they, these um, quick tests that they're trying to ramp up through Abbott, 
through the machines that are already available in a lot of doctors' office for the, the strep throat quick test. And yep. the, the, the quicker they have the ability to test for it, and then any treatments, obviously these various sort of off-label treatments that they're trying, and then eventually the vaccine coming down the road, we're going to be a lot further towards understanding and treating and dealing with this at some point. And yeah, maybe it is, okay, now everybody on that team needs to get tested. Maybe they have to skip a game because they need a 14-day win. But I just can't envision, like Herb Street used the word, he'd be shocked if there was football. I would be shocked if there was no football. I would agree with that. And, and it's, I, it's not just college. It's the NFL, too. They need the money, too. Like they're, Everybody. Yeah. Just think everybody. Of, if, if, like, so, you talk about the people that it would affect. Just think about a game day at Gillette. The workers, right. the parking lot people, the advertisers, the media, the vendor, right. the Patriot Place. Like, there's so much that gets impacted that people need. And even the people at home, just an entertainment factor, a distraction, all that stuff. Like, it, you, you can't just sort of delay this forever because that's not a way to live a life. Now, I'm also very emotional and reactionary, and they're telling us, you know, we're here on the April 1st, and they're telling us we're basically ramping up to what's going to be the worst two weeks of this, and, and that's what their projection. Maybe in 12 days, I'm looking at this thing differently in a much more negative fashion, like how are we ever going to get out the other side of this? People are dropping like flies and whatever. So it's a very fluid situation where I feel like our opinions on a lot of things change. I mean, quite frankly, I went to two stores today and could not get a Miller Lite 30 pack at either store. Uh, I don't know what kind of world we live in anymore. So um, a lot can change. It's a lot going on. Well, hopefully you can find one because you're going to need one for the next month. I bought Coors Light. All right. All right. So, so you're just... But both places, Miller Lite was out. Interesting. Maybe maybe their uh, distribution chain got lost along the way or had an issue. Well, it's weird because I'm pretty like they're you they're Miller Lite and Coors Light are the same company and they right. like should have the same distributor. I don't know if maybe Miller Lite's a little more popular, so Coors Light was available because there's leftovers. But it's definitely a weird world. I told you, you know, off air that I went to BJ's and the line in BJ's was like nothing I had ever seen. It went from the front of the store to the back of the store, back to the front of the store, back to the back of the store, and then wove side to side. Wasn't very smart. People, you know. Carts keep you away from the person in front of you, but then when the line weaves back, you're beside a person right. two feet away. So it wasn't very smart, and they were out of a lot of random stuff, like different things. There was no cheese of any kind. Vegetables were picked through. So it's a, it's, a, it's a weird world we're living in, and certainly the NFL is a minor factor in that. But for people who make a living in the NFL, and a lot of people do, it's not minor. So Schefter, uh, I think they should have the draft. You're a boob for thinking they shouldn't have the draft, but then they should also have the season at some point because I think a lot of people need it emotionally, financially, and everything else. All right, so next, early next week, we'll sort of do our same thing, draft podcast with receivers and tight ends. Then yeah. uh, probably give you another Patriot-centric podcast, NFL-centric podcast. That, that's sort of the plan moving forward. Uh, also, you buried the lead. You didn't – the story of the week that Tom Brady got number 12 in Tampa. Uh, yeah, it's for free, too. Chris Godwin didn't make him pay. If it's for free, then Tom Brady's a bigger a-hole than I ever thought. Because he should give him something. <laughs> Agreed. Because Chris Godwin did say, like, it does mean something to me. It is my number. Right. So. Yeah. I Maybe Chris Godwin's just trying to be a nice guy, new guy coming in town. It's Tom oh, he is. No, Chris Godwin's doing it the, the complete right way. 
Tom Brady better get his ass together and do it the right way too. And it better not be a free pair of Uggs and Uggs a, you know, a, Under Armour Under Armour pajamas. What's his watch? The uh, uh, whatever. Oh yeah, I don't know. Tag Heuer. Tag Heuer watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or freaking TB12 whey protein. Better be straight cash or something really nice. A truck That's or a his whole pushing out like his TB12 can like cure coronavirus. Like that's a yeah. bad look. That's I. It, it's a very bad look. I don't understand it. He, I don't understand his emphasis on the brand and the marketing. And you know, you have a lot of money, Tom Brady. You're very successful. Like I don't know why you need more. The only thing I can say is I think he believes it. Like I, I think he's all in. No, I think he thinks it's if people me, did real. what Alex Guerrero told them, they wouldn't get coronavirus. Nope. Just like he thinks he drinks the right amount of water, he won't get a sunburn, he won't get a concussion. Like I, wh- who who made that joke up? It's not a lie if you believe it. Is that a Seinfeld reference? I think so. But I, I think that's where Brady is. It's not it's not promotion or a lie if he believes it's actually true. It's it's reality. It's life, and he believes it. Right. All right. So we got to a lot of stuff. We did. That was a. Uh, Helter Skelter, but uh, productive podcast. Hopefully the audio is not terrible. We thank our friends at Zoom. Feel free to follow us, Off Day Pod on Twitter. More importantly, wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, tell us how much we suck. I know everybody loves to do that on Twitter, but you can do it in the reviews too. Just subscribe, enjoy, consume, whatever. Thanks for listening. Uh, Stay healthy, be safe. Peace out.